We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rotoviz Triflex Rookie Drafts over at the FFPC. That's what we're focusing on in today's Rotoviz Overtime. Obviously, lots of people will have their rookie drafts, Sean, happening at the moment. I have a couple that have already wrapped up, and obviously the content that has been going up on rotoviz.com over the, the last couple of days since the NFL draft has been a go-to resource for all of those selections made and all those picks made. But we are going to kind of filter an episode of the Rotoviz Overtime Dynasty reanimators into a conversation around the rookie drafts over at the FFPC as we are ready for our starting on Friday. Sean, exciting time of the year. Exciting to talk strategy with you ahead of our picks. We're going to talk about a trade we also made involving picks to move back a little bit. One of Sean's most known superpowers is those trading back in both startup and rookie drafts. But Sean, we are ready for these drafts. Excited? I am, and I know that you are as well. We actually had a, about five false starts today as Colin don't, worked through. Don't say to, that. Don't well, tell people that. It was... Five has maybe been generous. I think, Sean, that was the most difficult day I've ever had starting one of these Road of His OT shows. Almost 600 done today's may have been the most humorous. That is because Colin is fired up and because we have both rookie drafts and startup drafts going on over there at the FFPC. You can get into the RV Triflex format at a variety of dollar levels if you want to join new leagues. So if you don't have a rookie draft that you are currently participating in, that doesn't mean you can't join the festivities over there. Colin, you mentioned having a couple drafts already in the books. We had the Black Crown Dynasty rookie draft last night so wednesday night curtis patrick the commissioner over there lots of big names like jj and rich matt friedman theo greminger pat ian and john rich i said rich he has two picks in the first round that's why i noticed that tyler reaker ryan and danny kelly who we're gonna have on the show very shortly is that right colin that is the plan that is the the hope and i'm, I'm looking forward to it we get two Kellys on the show, it should be fantastic. It's always great to have Danny on. And those selections, Sean, the, the Black Crown, is a, there's a lot of challenging competitors in there. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those picks went, how, how it falls into place. 
I think the place to start, Sean, before we get into the specifics, is obviously the weekend coming up is when the FFPC Dynasty rookie drafts are going to take place. So FFPC sends over some information to the people in it. The biggest key in the email, Sean, is be polite. Be polite to your other league mates. And uh, I think throughout the opening of this series, that has been something that we have talked about quite a bit. Be you know friendly and accommodating in those trade negotiations. But the same is when you're on, on, the, on the clock. And we'll see this when... Scott Fishbowl starts up and things like that. People are always rushing, but it is eight hours per selection, Sean, that we will have. And that may be beneficial to us based on our, our time zone challenges. But when we are making those picks, we do no longer have a pick in the first round. So we had the 111 in that particular league. We have backed out of that now as far as the 203. Sean, the picks that we give up was the 111, the 311, and the 405 getting the 203 the 210 and the 303 so kind of a deal where it's the 111 for the 203 and the 210 and then we're moving up in the third round by uh eight picks for that 405 selection first question is when this trade came in originally it was that 111 simple move back and then our counter was to move up in that fourth round but both options are in that third round both options were still on the table I kind of thought that it was better to move up as well in the third. And I didn't know if that was something that you actually wanted to do. That was the deal that we did take in the end. What were some of your thoughts there on on that secondary piece that was added to the trade? Yeah, I I think that was probably a mistake to include that part of it. One of the things that we're looking at are the total number of roster spots that we have. And if you're going to move up to the 303, we were confident that that's going to be a good pick. And it is going to be a good pick. So I'm excited about that part of it. As we were drafting in the Black Crown last night, I have the 108, 208, 308, and 408. And so obviously when you're there at the 308, you're just counting down every pick to see if your guy is going to be there. Chase Brown does come to me at that selection. I don't think that he's going to get to the 311. And so I I do think that that move up probably makes sense. But just to give listeners a, a feel for a few of the backs, a few of the players who went after the 311 evans zach evans was the 311 ben and i discussed him at length on the most recent stealing bananas episode make sure you check that out israel abanacanda went after that and then when i had the 408 again counting down Dwayne mcbride and sean tucker went at the 406 and the 407 those are the two guys i was targeting so i didn't get really a guy that i wanted at the 408 but you can see how that 405 that we also gave up in that would have been a potential for one of those guys. Now, that doesn't mean that the Triflex League is going to go the same way, but it does give you a little bit of a feel for the players there. One of the things when you're working through these trades to kind of keep in mind is that you're going to have tier breaks and you're going to look through your rankings and you're going to see, okay, the guys that I want don't quite make it to my pick. The thing to remember is that there are going to be some surprise selections in there. Now, maybe not a lot. You can't add in a lot of extra margin but there are going to be some other players who go and push people down to you a little bit later than you were anticipating and it's not to you know criticize the picks that anybody else made but i, I mean there were some guys in the you know 303 304 range that i probably would not have selected myself there were some players obviously in the fourth round who weren't really on my board that pushed the guys i was looking at in mcbride and tucker within one pick of where i was and so we look at the picks that we gave up there. It essentially becomes a two for one. 
right? I don't know that giving up two picks to get up in the third probably works. But overall, Colin, I'm really excited about this trade. I think that the 203 is going to be great. And you look now at where we are, and we talk about perpetual reloading. We took over a roster that in many ways was sort of fully built out. And so then the question is, well, how do you perpetually load it so that it gets better and you're not kind of just sitting there taking whatever you get? We went through a handful of those trades as they transpired, but when we specifically look at the rookie draft, we had the 111, 211, 311, 411, you know, not a lot of trades in there. Obviously, those are just the straight picks. We now have the 203, 210, 211, 303, 305, and then in addition to those picks that just came with it, the 505. The 505 may not come into play that much, but again, there are going to be some veterans in there. So some of the players I was looking at late in four in rookie drafts that are just rookie drafts could be feathered into that one as well. What we gave up in order to get those selections was mostly the 111. Obviously, you mentioned we moved down and a future two. We're hoping to kind of build that back out as we go through the offseason to where we'll have future ones, future twos. Right now, we have three fours in the 2024 draft. So those are some picks that we added. I like having the additional picks here. I think that's going to be, if nothing else, it's going to be a lot of fun. But every time that you get on the clock, as you mentioned, that's an opportunity to make a move. If you have a more limited number of picks, not only do you have fewer chances to actually impact your roster, but you have less flexibility. You have fewer chances for someone else in your league to really like a guy there and say, look, we, we've got to come in and get that pick. How do we get that done? You can look at your roster and say, I've got too many picks for the number of roster spots I have. Or you can look at those picks as all opportunities to number one, look at the players all summer in a similar way to the way reality teams should want as many picks as possible so they can look at guys. You have a chance to roster those players and then benefit from the ones that blow up. But simply having a lot of picks so that people are going to come in and ask you what it would take to get them, Colin, that can't be overstated. That's a huge part of perpetual reloading. It's a massive part. And I think it's the part where people maybe don't think about it enough or maybe it just slides into the, the background, but it's such an important part. And even with not having that second round pick next year, for example, we're already thinking about 2024 to build up those opportunities. Or maybe sometimes, Sean, when we're on the clock on this, where it's a chance to move out of one of these picks even potentially to gain a pick next season for example but we have seven picks even with that in next year's draft we have 10 picks in uh, this year's draft so it's giving you lots of opportunities and it does feel though the the one part i guess of the the consideration is we had the 111 we're moving back at that point to the 203 even though we are gaining the other picks and we will be in that position sean i think there where we're counting down those picks to hopefully get somebody we may have got at the 111 at the 203 that's always the tricky part of when you're moving back giving up the ultimate upside of the the higher ranked player in those situations but i think it's uh moving back there is going to give us that opportunity it's going to be interesting to see how the the draft plays out there is pretty much i, I know you say there'll be some surprises in there from what i've seen in drafts it's been a pretty steady consensus in terms of those you know, at least I would say first 16, 17 picks. Is that kind of what you're seeing as well from, from your drafts? I think so, but we're going to have some surprises thrown in. One of the things that tends to happen is that because dynasty managers are so sophisticated at this point, understand where players are going to go. If they want someone 
outside of that current ranking, then they're usually going to be able to make a trade. They move into the slot that player goes in and they select them. And then you benefit a little bit from the moving down. So we would anticipate that. And yet I do think that there's going to be some, not exactly controversy, but you're going to have some quarterback picks mixed in with Gibbs and JSN early. You're going to have Levis as a wild card at around the one, two edge. You're going to have those tight ends come off the board in slightly different orders in different drafts. A-Chain is someone who I do think there is some controversy surrounding exactly where he should go. You know, could go as early as, you know, the 108, 109 could slide into the early second round in a few leagues. Charbonnet, someone else I think is similar where people tended to have him in that 110, 111 range pre-draft. And then he goes behind a starter and not just a starter, but a player who was an early drafted rookie last year who looked good. And so you're thinking, okay, well, he's now maybe buried for all of the early portion of his career. So there are going to be some guys who have talent, but are yet behind. And then early in that second round, you have rising players who are maybe surprises in the actual NFL draft. So you have Rasheed Rice moving up. You have Marvin Mims challenging in that area. You have Jonathan Mingo as an early second round pick to a team that doesn't have receivers. You have Jaden Reed going to your Green Bay Packers in what was a little bit of a surprise. And so that portion of the draft, the first half of round two, I think very, very interesting. Yeah. The other part I was going to mention is obviously, again, for people, you'll know your league, set up your settings, your starting requirements, your points per reception, so on. But one of the things with the TriFlex League, and we've talked about this in the past, that makes it so interesting all year long is the way players are valued in different ways in terms of the tight end premium, but then points, one point per reception, obviously, for wide receivers, running backs. But it gives edges to all those different players. Then it being super flex is boosting up those quarterbacks. So then when you get to draft time like this, like like you're saying, there's going to be certain people really wanting to get a specific tight end or a tight end at a certain point, depending on their draft pick. Same with the quarterbacks who may be forced up a little bit because of certain situations and certain teams. And that's kind of what we're hoping and some of those scenarios happen when we're dropping from the 111 back to try and see what may fall I really can't wait to see how it starts to play out here. The the rookie drafts this week so far have been a, a lot of fun that I've been in, but the way that the Triflex leagues are set up just gives that added value and gives more excitement, I guess, to, to pick up those players in different situations and different scenarios. So that's a, another part that is exciting. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We do want to give away all our strategies, Sean, who are talking about what we are doing in this draft. But do you think that we're going to be doing some trades during the draft or do you think we're sticking where we are and making most of these picks? Well, hopefully we can get quite a few trades done. That part is always open for business. Open for business. That's the entertaining element to it. But one of the reasons why we moved down from the one from the 111 was that we expected that to be outside the range of the top wide receivers. And we'll see if that's actually the case. Zay Flower, somebody who could fall into that range considering the landing spot with the Baltimore Ravens. Colin, as a four-year player, he probably isn't somebody that we were targeting quite as heavily to start with, and so he falls to that spot. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity, but you're probably not heartbroken. The other element there is that you have the stud tight ends. In pre-draft, you're looking at Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer as the players who are going to be there. We have Pat Fryermuth, Evan Ingram, and Isaiah Likely. That's Solid to strong at the tight end position. It's not elite. In tight end premium, especially when you have a lot of flex spots, you always want to consider getting even stronger at the tight end. But we felt comfortable with the Friermuth Ingram sort of dual starters that if we miss on a Kincaid or Mayer, that we're going to be okay. And by trading into the 203, you're thinking, okay, well, Sam Laporta, if we do want to go the tight end direction, that's going to be an opportunity for us. Well, that's something that does change with the reality draft, where Laporta now is probably above that spot. And so when you make these pre-draft trades, you want to be aware of how things could move. But the other element here is that Charbonnet is maybe the guy at 111, and there's always that possibility that he is the target of our league mate. And you know in the back of your head that the running backs could easily gain or lose a lot of value. You don't want to wait until after the draft to make that move because if it is Charbonnet and he does what he did do, then you lose the value or the potential opportunity to make that trade because you no longer need the 111 to get that guy. So that was kind of the thought process specifically about players. Colin, the other element here, and you and I don't have an early pick, but I've been stockpiling picks in the drafts with Monty, with Ben, with Blair. A lot of those teams do have some early selections. And the top six is just so interesting this season. We had a lot of debates about this on the Rotoviz Rookie Rankings Summit. Curtis Blair, Dave, and I get together, do the final rankings, and do some mock drafts for the rookie guide. We won't give everything away, but I mean, obviously, Colin, we're going to give quite a bit of content from that. That's the point of the show. What are your thoughts on this top six? How are you breaking this down into tiers? Are there any sleepers who were clearly outside of the top six who would be jumping in for you? I think it splits off very much at that sixth spot when you go past Stroud at quarterback. So I think, and the other part that's interesting in this is if you're in a team who is set at quarterback, let's say you're confident in your quarterbacks, Again, I would be really looking to move back. I, I would be happy to take either of Young, Stride, or Richardson if we go that direction. Obviously, we don't have it in this. I'm talking about general drafts, but 
if you're set a quarterback, I think there's the opportunity to move back. If I'm in those situations, I'm really hoping that one of those other players is going to fall, and that is basically Robinson or Gibbs. Then when we're in our situation, Sean, and it really does change when we move from the 111, you are hoping that some of those tight ends, maybe a Addison or Johnson slips back down to you. I've been fortunate in a couple of drafts this week that that has been the case. Um, I, I think people are starved at the the quarterback position in some some leagues that I'm in, so that was very beneficial. But I, I, I don't know if it sounded like you had those concerns around Zay Flowers. I, I'm a little bit concerned with that Atlantis, but obviously positive news today as we record this, Lamar Jackson has signed his contract with the Ravens, but there's going to be some question marks there for me. So I'm really hoping to get into that tight end tier that you touched on there with Mayer and Laporta. I think they're the two that are most likely to get to the back end of that first round if you're in it. So if you are in a situation in these drafts that you're drafting in that 7 through 10 range, I think, I, I'm hoping that I'm getting one of the non-quarterbacks at, at those particular points. And again, if I'm in pick 8 or if I'm in pick 7 and one of those quarterbacks have slid to me, I think it's another opportunity for trying to reload your roster or keep that window wide open to to move back again. I know some leagues you're not going to be able to to move back but that that's certainly the way i would be trying to play it there's i i think there's uh some more value as you kind of opt out of that quarterback cr- crew here are you more excited about the quarterbacks here than i am okay i didn't know if i was you know that's just my fit and Superflex, obviously you want to have your quarterbacks i view them very similar to when we're doing our regular drafts and we're kind of sliding back on running backs if we can and, and opting out on those I, I feel like building up the other areas is, is where I want to go we've discussed it a little bit on the show previously but I certainly subscribe to the superstars and then the Daniel Jones of the world yeah the kind of solid veterans who in any given season might jump up a little bit and give you some extra value Jerry Goff was one of the players that I was trying to acquire everywhere last year, not because necessarily you're expecting huge numbers of points. The Lions went out and were more successful than we expected them to be. But because you have the potential for a guy who, if he plays okay, is going to resurrect his career. And Baker Mayfield is probably in that scenario this season, even though if you've watched baker mayfield play column you and i had the experience of watching him play at the end of a week 17 a couple of years ago if you've watched baker mayfield you're not you going to, to talk be impressed. about that but if he has a solid season this year with the buccaneers his value is going to skyrocket i mentioned jerry goff because in a trade in one of these triflex leagues just yesterday jerry goff was moved for the 109 and so on the one hand you could argue that the player who acquired goff got a great deal because Goff is going to score you more points than those rookie QBs who are being drafted in the three through six range. At the same time, I mean, Jared Goff for the 109, you think about that from a season ago perspective, and it seems kind of crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo back into a starting position, Jordan Love into a starting position. One of the things that Ben and I did last year was we had three or four first round picks. We made the first several after trading down. Then we're at the spot where Kenny Pickett is going to go. We trade out of Pickett for a 2023 first and second, which end up being very high in the draft. Then that team actually loses their manager. It's put out as an orphan. Someone else acquires it. 
and we make a trade to actually acquire Pickett at a much lower price than we would have paid in last year's rookie draft to get him now, and you don't have to go through those learning pains. So from that perspective, I do think that we're potentially going to get shots at some of these guys later, and maybe especially C.J. Stroud, who I'm tending to see as the third QB from that group. Now, when we did our, our ranking summit, we had a debate there in that Curtis and Dave still had Stroud above Young. Blair and I had Young higher, but not so substantially that it was going to balance out or was going to be a clear trump over the other 50-50. So we went through that discussion for a while. For me, that gives you a sense, too, of the concerns that you really should have with Bryce Young. I think you can trade out of both of those picks. We also had an interesting discussion in terms of putting together the very top tier, where is it Robinson by himself, or is it Robinson and one other player? We ended up putting Robinson by himself, but it was close. We almost moved another guy there, and it wasn't the QB. So... I think that's the full spoiler that does go ahead and give it away. But again, if you want to check out the RV rookie guide, you can do that. I think that there is a break potentially after five with Stroud falling into the tier below that. But Colm, I also had someone in my rankings above Stroud. So you said you think it's a pretty clear six. I have a player moving in there and pushing Stroud down to seven. Again, potential to move out of that spot. But then I do think that we have Quinton Johnston and Jordan Addison as a clear-cut separate tier at the 7 and 8 before we get to Flowers and the tight ends, which would be the next tier. Is that how you're also seeing it? That is the way, Sean, that I would have those lined up as well. I I mentioned at the start I've had um, two rookie drafts completed so far. I've had four in process. I've only had two picks above the 108 so far this week and in those situations i have been fortunate enough one of them is addison one of them was johnson based on how the draft went so (laughs) that is the way they're ranked but i haven't been having as much focus i guess at the front end of those drafts and i guess what we'll say in the actual uh, moment of making those picks and when you're trading down at the back end of round one what are you tending to look to do we obviously mentioned the specific trade that we made, but if you have some other options there, when you have the 109 through the 112, where are you trying to get to to stay to get value out of the trade and yet stay early enough that you're getting players that you consider priority picks? So I have been trying to target the two tight ends that we mentioned earlier in Mayer and Laporta. I haven't had a chance and those because I've gone wide receiver and they were not tight end premium to get Kincaid in any of those situations. So I've been trying to get one of those, but I have also been trying to move back down if I can into the Mims, Rice, Hyatt kind of range of those picks. So trying to not really go beyond the midpoint of the second round with those trade backs. Colin, the other thing that it's really important to look at here is roster construction where you're set with your team and what you need to do and how that works within the tiers that are available. I mentioned the black crown draft selecting Jordan Addison and then three running backs. That team is very strong at receiver, very strong at tight end. So there wasn't really the question of, do I move back from the one Oh eight to try and get into the tight end group? That's probably the strongest roster I have across every single league at the tight end position. 
the quarterbacks are weaker. So there would always be the question of if Stroud had fallen, what would I have looked at there? And the running backs are a little bit softer with Dalvin Cook kind of aging out. So this is a roster that was lucky enough to win two years ago. The quarterback situation is actually much better now than it was. But as I'm looking at it, I want to add a star at receiver to continue to build out this position group where you're going to win your leagues from and you're going to stay in that group where you potentially get buys be in the semifinals every single year you know that the way that the drafts work out or the way that the fantasy playoffs work out even if you have the best team you won't always win but that receiver adding him onto that group gives you the firepower to do that but then after that is gone i want to take running backs in this 2023 draft and so i'm looking at how do we get to the spots to make those running back selections that's something that we're going to be looking at for our particular team as well, Colin. We had the really favorable development during the draft of DeAndre Swift moving from the Lions to the Eagles. Obviously, it's favorable once you know that Gibbs is going to be on the team. But even if you didn't know that element, if you go from before the draft last Wednesday to after the draft last Sunday, and suddenly you have Swift from the Lions onto the Eagles, I think that that's a positive, even though he's obviously going to catch fewer passes with the Eagles. We have Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris, and Antonio Gibson. We traded Alexander Madison, a player that we moved for multiple little pieces. In part, that's where the 305 comes from. In part, that's what facilitated our trade for Matthew Stafford and Sam Howell. So being able to move off of Madison and get Howell back, at least right now, I think looks very, very positive. But because of that, we have sort of contingency-based running backs we don't have the position fully addressed with two productive starters Colin with the picks that we have I don't think that we're going to be able to add a second like clear-cut starter but you do want to add multiple pieces to where if things break correctly during the season then you're going to be able to score running back points that'll be the calculus that we're kind of working through when we're on the clock and we're making trades how do we get into spots where the running backs are going to be there as I'm looking at ADP, as I'm looking at drafts that have currently occurred, from the 205 through the 305, there's a lot of potential firepower in this draft. I like that we have a lot of picks there. Yeah, and when I was mentioning the mid-second round for the previous conversation that we were having about what you would trade back for, I was specifically talking about if you had the you know 108, 109, 110, you're dropping back. I wouldn't really want to go further back from a first-round pick than that, but in that range and we talked about this in a few shows with the guests that we had on that this is almost like a a zero rb rookie draft in terms of if you don't get robinson you don't get gibbs there is some other options there but there's more kind of options in that mid second to mid third where where we have some of those picks where we're going to try and take multiple shots at the guys that we like in those positions or in that that zone i guess we'll say the tricky part is going to be when it comes to roster cutdowns again before week one, we're going to have to make those decisions. So if we take three to four of these rookies and those later picks, it's going to be hard to carry those guys then throughout the season to see when they would actually hit. And that's going to be part of the selection process here for us. Is that something that heading into a draft? Obviously, we're going to be trying to trade with these picks, move back potentially or move into other years but we also want to have the opportunity to have these rookies who do come along and do hit 
is that something to have in you know listeners minds at this particular point when they're drafting if they have acquired let's say 12 13 14 picks when you have to consider and it's still it's still four or five months away but you will have to cut down those rosters again to to accommodate roster size you will so that's definitely a consideration in the rb triflex format it's a concept it's a consideration in most formats too when you're thinking of how the value is going to progress in the short and intermediate term so there were some guys that we like at the wide receiver position who were drafted a little bit later and you're kind of thinking okay well i i wouldn't mind getting some exposure to them for example tyler scott went at the 410 in the black crown draft and he's somebody that we like he fell a little bit in the reality draft obviously he's going to fall in rookie drafts i really like that pick from ryan where he made it because i mean that's really the only guy left at that point but when you're considering him potentially a little bit earlier when you're looking at someone like a michael wilson who went at the 402 when you're thinking about a charlie jones who went at the 310 even a player I think like Tank Dell, who was the 307, certainly a Kayshawn Boutte, the 304, he was selected by Danny Kelly. We'll be excited to hear what Danny has to say about him and that landing spot with the Patriots, which is probably as good a landing spot as he could have possibly had once he fell that late into the draft. If you're in a, a 30 to 40 roster spot league, you can keep and stash some of those players but how high they can realistically rise. And I think this is somewhat true even of players like cedric tillman and jalen hyatt jalen hyatt somebody that i would have considered at the 208 if kendra miller hadn't fallen to me at that spot when you're looking at potential trade value in the short term maybe we think of over the summer and then into training camps and as we look at cut downs right before the season starts running backs who have moved into not even full-blown committees, but if you are the back who is going to benefit from an injury, if you're the back who's going to be out there catching passes or you're the back who's going to be out there vulturing some goal line scores, those guys all have value to fantasy managers right away. Whereas wide receivers, even receivers who went ahead of them in the reality draft receivers, where you look at the profile and you think that guy should have gone a little bit earlier, if there's no realistic way that that player has contingent value over the first half of the 2023 season, then it's going to be very difficult to move them. And so both for your own roster and other rosters, as you're looking at trades, those guys become less appealing. So you want to make sure you're keeping that in mind as you're making these various moves. I, I like a lot of these rookies late, even some of the guys who appear to be buried you're going to be able to move some of them off your roster you're going to be able to stash some of them and benefit from it as the season develops so understanding the positional value as it relates to tiers in this particular draft something that's going to be very important yeah and the other thing you mentioned there is there is possibilities for you to pick these guys up and then not be on your roster come the start of the season based on i know it's not something that we recommend but you know somebody might want the backup too their starter for example and that might be something that can get done so we have those 10 picks sean we sometimes be wondering when the next episode of the reanimators is going to come out it's likely going to come out next week because we'll be recapping the selections that we did do and the trades we potentially will make as we go through that draft starting on saturday and we'll be 
hopefully picking up some values on some of the guys that we want we will hope that they will slide to us and that's i guess what we'll wish for the listeners to over the next week or so when they're doing their drafts that the guys they want maybe slide a spot or two lower than maybe they have them ranked and they get them for that value pick any final words to people who are drafting over the next week or so and and what maybe any any good luck message i guess we'll say (laughs) Yeah, everybody really enjoy these festivities. Don't let the trade discussions, uh, you know, get cantankerous, right? Don't let it get into a situation where it's ruining the fun for you. But yeah, I mean, this is the best part of the entire fantasy season. Enjoy it. Good luck with it. Have humility with it. One of the things that Ben and I talked about at length on Stealing Bananas is that you want to understand that you're not going to be right. And how can you use that insight to make your draft better? That's It's not always moving down. As you move down, the range of outcomes tend to shift with it, right? Your probabilities for hitting are not going to be quite as good. But at the same time, it very much is a range of outcomes as opposed to set values for these players that they're going to definitely hit. And so if you can perpetually reload, if you can push more value into the future. If you can create exposure to the guys you like who are a little bit cheaper than where you are currently, all those things are going to serve you in good stead for the long run. And to be keeping all those pathways to potential victory open. As Sean mentioned, it is a range of outcomes. It's not just that the only one player is going to hit. And there's been times in drafts before where there's maybe a player that I've really wanted to get in a rookie draft and I've missed out on him by one pick and then the guy that I pick and settle for ends up in the- the guy who i i should have wanted all along so we'll see may uh as the, may the odds be forever in your favor uh but that is going to do it for today's episode off the show sean mentioned that him and ben have had a couple of stealing bananas but they also some people have reached out about rankings and so on obviously available on rotavis.com but sean along with pete and ben did do a, a rapid fire uh two round mock draft on the recap or the the stream that they did which is now available on the state and bananas feed so check that out if you are interested you mentioned the rankings i do have the rankings set as full dynasty rankings for both the triflex format and for one qb formats up on the site i'll be continuing to sort of tinker with those over the next week or so there'll probably be some minor ups updates daily but those rankings have been updated and listeners should feel comfortable going to the site, checking those out and knowing that spent a lot of time going through them post-draft, they should be ready for you to jump into your startups. And if you really are just looking at the rookies, obviously you can pull simply those guys out by ignoring the rest of the group. And if you do want to sign up over at rotaviz.com, you can use the promo code RBRadio2023 at checkout to save yourself 10% off a one-year Rotoviz subscription. You can also check out the Rookie Guide. There is a link to that in today's show notes as well. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OverTomorrowland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out his rankings, his work up on rotaviz.com, as we mentioned a moment ago. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.